as parents, sometimes we have to remember that we have to let our kids learn and fail as well, mm-hmm. right? We, we have expectations, uh, and, and parents, it's really easy to hold your kids to a standard that you hold yourself or that you hold coworkers or your spouse, but we forget that they are kids and they've got to figure out their own journey. So sometimes, sometimes you have to let your kids struggle for a while because mm-hmm. If you didn't, and you didn't do that yourself, and you didn't figure that out yourself, then you wouldn't have done it. They could have told you till they were blue in the face. Yeah. But if you didn't live it and feel it and see the negative consequences of it, it may have been a trait that continued on with you if yeah. they kind of coddled right and did it for you. All right, Ty, I think it's fair to say as a parent, there's a lot going through your mind when you think about raising your kids. So as you think about the different core values that you want to, or that you hope that your kids grow up with, and that you, I I hesitate to say instill, because you do try to instill, but you know, also it's personality as well. But as you think of the core values, you hope that they grow up with what are some of the core values that you think of yeah like you said personality i think it's it's compassion empathy um and then like traits uh i think hard work Mm -hmm. um toughness and i I say that physically and mentally i'd like for my kids and then um just like the I mean, resilience, the ability to like bounce back and to push through mm-hmm. things that are hard. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's one thing that I get more frustrated with. Uh, my kids is like, if it's hard and then I hear them say, I can't, that's one word that's not allowed at my house mm-hmm. is you can't say I can't like, cause that's, that's not the case. Like I, I try and, and my son specifically. Uh, is, so what do you do when they say that word? What do you do? So I stop, I stop them and I say, Hey, listen, and I remind them, Hey, we don't say I can't. Why? Because I can, I say, you can, it's just going to take a little bit longer and it's going to take some more effort because you can do anything that you put your mind to. Yes. Um, and obviously that's realistic circumstances, right? But anything that they're doing, they can do anything Mm -hmm. I ask them to do. For example, yesterday we had a storm coming through and we had to pick up, uh, we had to pick up some things in the yard and we have, um, this like big thing of like turf, uh, that, that I had laid out to go to the trampoline cause it was a little bit muddy. And so I took, I told my 10 year old daughter and eight year old son, all right, you guys got to pick it up and move it over to this side over here so that I can roll it up and put it away. So you did some loaded carries like we talked about yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Good for you. So didn't even know we were going to do it. Cause obviously we talked about it. You're like, oh, dude, you don't even remember. Um, but, and I had them and I, and I purposely just said, all right, I want you guys to work together and I want you to move it over here. Well, working together to them was one grab one piece, which was probably 200 pounds. And the other one grabbed another piece, which was like 150 pounds. Guess how much they moved it? Zero. <laughs> and they both were like, we can't, it's too heavy. And I said, no, 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 you can. Don't say I can't. Mm-hmm. Why don't you guys work together on the same piece? And they're like, oh. And then they work together and they drug it like 
30 yards over, awesome. to, yeah. over to where I had asked them to put it. Um, but it's one of those things, and, and sometimes it, with kids especially, like it's, I will find myself getting frustrated. Like, it's not that hard. Just do it. Mm-hmm. When it's like, okay, we've got to slow it down a little bit. And they may not have the thought process of, okay, hey, how do we do this? You've got to get in there and you've got to show them. So yes. I walked over and I said, all right, both of you, you know, Luca, you go here, Gia, you go here, hold one on the side, one on the back. Okay. And then you guys do it together. And then they got it. Mm-hmm. They were frustrated before they're freaking out. And then you should have seen like the overwhelming, like sense of accomplishment that they both had. Yeah. And their attitudes totally changed when they drugged this thing. Like, Did you see how much we just moved? <laughs> so it's, that's like a resiliency that like, I want to be able to say, not have to go in and do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to sit and they're going to continue working on it and working on it and they're going to fail and they're going to do it again and they're going to fail and they're going to try it again and they're going to fail until they can finally do yeah. it. Yeah. Not to pump you up, but there is so much brilliance in what you just listed out there. A couple of things that stuck out to me. Number one, when your kid says, I can't, you, you, you correct them. Mm-hmm. So that's step number one. And then you ask them why they can do it. Mm-hmm. Now you're teaching them to think mm-hmm. and think for themselves and think critically. So that's that aspect number two. Number three, now you're getting in the dirt with them and you're showing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is brilliant parenting. Congratulations to you. Not, not that you needed my congratulations. <laughs> no, but, but. No, that's awesome that you're willing, because again, it, it's easy as a parent to just yell at them. Yeah. Why aren't you, you know, yes, you can. Get it done. Get it done, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, some of it, it, it's, like I said, that's easy trap to fall into. But you're going through a little system unknowingly, unconsciously, mm-hmm. but that's, that's how you're teaching them resilience because hopefully you're never raising them in a scenario where, you know, you're in a one bedroom apartment and you're moving job to job and bills are due and you don't know how you're going to pay them. And the electricity is out. Thankfully you've built a life for yourself and you've had some good luck along the way you're not going to have that. They're not going to be raised in an environment like that. Yeah. So you're going to have to find other ways yeah. to teach resilience. Right. And that's, you know, you listed off a lot of great attributes you want your kids to have. Resilience is probably, I don't want to say it's number one, cause I think there's a lot that are really equally valuable, but to me, resilience is way up there on the list. And bec- the reason that is, and it's not my parents fault, but I didn't have a lot of that as a kid. And I say it's not my parents' fault because if something would happen to me, I say something happened. Dumb example, sports. I was very good at sports in elementary school. I was bigger than everybody. I was faster. I was stronger. I excelled in sports. Then middle school, everybody caught up. We've joked about it a hundred times. I was the short, fat, pudgy kid in middle school. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting punched in the mouth for the first time in sports, and I didn't know how to react to it. So what did I do constantly? I was constantly quitting. Yep. I had no resilience at that time. I didn't know how to respond in that situation to those things that happened. Mm-hmm. And so now I think back, and then at some point, you know, something flipped in college. Now that's like I'm super obsessed about not quitting on things. And yeah. so I'm glad I went through that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like in my kids, how can I help them build that resiliency to where the negative effects of not being resilient? Yeah don't impact them in the way that impact. Yeah. And I think, I think as parents, we have to also recognize that. And you mentioned it it was like, Oh, it's not, you know, necessarily my parents fault and they didn't teach it to me. 
But as, as parents, sometimes we have to remember that we have to let our kids learn and fail as well. Mm -hmm. Right. We, we have expectations, uh, and, and parents, it's really easy to hold your kids to a standard that you hold yourself or that you hold coworkers or your spouse, but we forget that they are kids and they've got to figure out their own journey. So sometimes, sometimes you have to let your kids struggle for a while because mm -hmm. if you didn't and you didn't do that yourself and you didn't figure that out yourself, then you wouldn't have done it. They could have told you till they were blue in the face. Yeah. But if you didn't live it and feel it and see the negative consequences of it, it may have been a trait that continued on with you if yeah. they kind of coddled, right, and did it for you. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a balancing act, right? You mm -hmm. want to create scenarios that teaches them so that, hey, immediately, yeah, I can do that. But at the same time, every kid is different. And every mm -hmm. kid is going through different scenarios, whether it's with friends, whether it's with school, whether it's with sports, whatever it is, right? There's things that they go through at different times that they've got to figure out themselves. And that's one thing as parents is we try to just lay everything out for them but we're taking away from our children the ability to actually navigate life themselves. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a great point because that is, you said it's a balance and that's so true mm -hmm. because you do want to protect them. Mm -hmm. You do, you don't want them to make the same mistakes. That's just a natural inclination. I don't want them to be, I don't want them to struggle with resilience like I did, but at the same time, I'm going to have to understand that they are going to have to struggle with that mm -hmm. to really learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. Me telling them, hey, you got to be resilient here, that's fine. That's a great positive reinforcement, but until they actually experience it. Yeah. So it is a weird balance of I don't want them to struggle, yeah. but they need to struggle yeah. because that's how they're going to ultimately get better at it. Right, and who, here's, where, here's where I think parents these days where we struggle is it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to force you to struggle, but then I, but then it becomes easier for me to just do it. So mm -hmm. we do it because yeah. I don't oh, want gosh. you to struggle. Right. Yes. And so <laughs> we just, huge. we end up. So the encouragement is like, show some compassion to your kids. Understand that like, Hey, there's things that I can help cultivate and I'm going to, I'm going to encourage and I'm going to coach and I'm going to do all those things. But like, there's got to be a line too, where it's, no, you've, you've got to finish this task. Mm -hmm. Like if your, your kid is like, I don't want to take the trashes out. No, you're going to take the trash out. I don't care if it's heavy. Yeah. Like you're going to do that. Like you're going to finish this homework. I know it's hard for you. And I know it's easier for me to just to tell you what the answers are, but we need to, I'm going to let you struggle through this while encouraging on the other yeah. side. I think just parents right now, as we have so much going on, it's like, it's just easier for me to do it. Great example that I failed at that yesterday. So my son walks in with muddy shoes mm -hmm. and I didn't know he had walked in. He off of our garage is a little half bath mm -hmm. and he's in there and I go in there and I see him. There's mud all over the floor in this half bath, like all over. And he's sitting there trying to clean, trying his best to clean yeah. the floor. Yeah. Now I, in the moment got upset at him yeah. for being so dumb to walk into the house <laughs> with incredibly muddy shoes that I let that anger. The famous like, how does this make sense in your head? Your shoes are muddy. You know that. Why would you walk I, inside? I literally said those exact words. How did that even make sense to you to walk in the house with muddy? I'm talking to a five-year-old here. 
And so I get angry and upset. I yeah. send them outside. I yell at them. Horrible parenting. Yeah. And now I'm sitting there cleaning Clean up, up the floor. Yeah. Instead of what yeah. you're talking about, yeah. a, if I had stepped back from my emotion for a second uh-huh. and recognize it's not that big of a deal, number one. Yeah. And number two, let's, this is a great teachable moment. Hey, don't walk in the house with muddy shoes because now you're having to spend the next 10 minutes cleaning up the yeah. floor. Yeah. So, so have him do it. Have him struggle. Have, have him, him face have the consequence of right. it. Right. Yeah. Instead, I sent him outside pissed off. Mm-hmm. Now he's upset. I'm upset. And I'm having to clean the floor. Yeah. So terrible parenting all around. Yeah. I didn't teach him a lesson. Yeah. I had to clean it up. It was really the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and, and, and if you have multiple kids, it's hard because each kid is different too. Right. Um, and, and even if you have multiple, multiple, multiple kids, like we have, you know, with four, it's like, you're kind of also like, I'll just do it. Like, yeah. like the last ones is well, I just I've, like Sia, my daughter. Oh my gosh. Like, I love her. And she's going to be the death of me because like, she just like, I'm clay in her hands. Right. But the girl is allergic to work. <laughs> like will not pick up any of her toys. will not clean anything up. Like, it's insane. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I love you so much, and you're so cute. But, like, we've got to, we've got to make a change yeah. in this. So it's like she does something, I'll, I just do it. I just mm-hmm. do it for her. And that is the wrong thing to do. Yeah. You have to let them struggle through things to learn. Because one thing, and I say this to my 8-year-old, is I say he struggles when he meets resistance. In, 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 in multiple areas, but when it gets hard, he, his natural inclination is to quit. And then that's mentally, if it's hard, he does that. But then physically, if anything is physically pushing against him or physically he's got to pick it up and lift it and he can't do it, he just wants to quit. And so teaching your kids to fight against resistance is very, very important. Yeah, another element to that story that you just reminded me of when you said the multiple kids thing. Yeah. So my wife was gone, yeah. and we have a two-year-old as well. And he, God bless him, but for whatever reason, he thinks the street is a great playground for him. So I'm sitting here trying to deal with this. And again, this is just an excuse. Yeah. I should have handled it way better. But I'm sitting here trying to deal with this mud situation. The garage door's open. The door to the house from the house to the garage is now open and he's taken off like Beeline. a freaking, yeah. <laughs> like a dog cheetah. escaping. Yeah. You've never seen a kid this fast <laughs> when he sees the street and it's open. So now I'm having to deal with my two-year-old who is just drawn to traffic for whatever reason. And I'm dealing with mud. So anyway, like you said, the double, the, Dude. when you start having multiple kids, yeah. <laughs> these, yeah. all these parenting books, they just fly out the window. Oh, yeah, you forget yeah. about it. It's all survival. <laughs> So anyway, this, again, resilience, like we're talking about, this is a huge point of emphasis in my mind of, okay, how, where do I balance the struggle? Where do I balance the helping them out, showing them, teaching them? How does this this all work together? So I got really curious about this and I started doing some research and it actually turns out there's quite a bit of research on resilience and and specifically resilience in children. And there's a couple of psychologists. They took studies all the way from the back to the 1950s. Mm. So what is that now? 70 years 
Which, by the way, if somebody asked you, when was nineteen eighty? How many years ago would you just? What's your oh, first I reaction? I don't even want to talk about it, bro. That's <laughs> I forty my, years. Forty years yeah, ago, bro. My default is oh, that was twenty years ago. That was just yeah. it was forty-two years ago. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So nineteen fifties to now. So seventy years of research. These two psychologists put all this research together and wrote this paper about it. And so here's what they talked about. They talked about risk factors and protective factors. And what I want to focus on, there's four protective factors, four things to keep in mind when you're thinking about building resilience in children. Number one is the individual characteristic. This is what we talked about, personality. Said everyone is born with an innate capacity for resilience. Resilience children work well, play well, love well, and expect well. Generally speaking, resilient children have five attributes. One, social competence. Two, problem-solving skills. Three, critical consciousness. Four, autonomy. And five, sense of purpose. And I wanted to dive into each one of those. So number one, social competence. This includes quantities such as, qualities such as empathy, caring, flexibility, communication skills, and a sense of humor. Children who have social competence establish positive relationships with adults and peers, helping them bond with their family, school, and community. Yeah, see, and I, I love that. I mean, we, we talked about sympathy, talked about empathy. Like, those are great, right? It, we, it, it translates older when you say, oh, man, that, that person's got a high level of emotional intelligence. Um, but one of the things that, that I want to hit on um, is, is the humor aspect of it. It's this is funny. This is funny with kids because what's funny to kids? Like farts, burps, <laughs> like just being like silly and ridiculous, right? And and as parents, it's one of those things. Humor is really it in my opinion, and I'm not I'm not a psychologist, I'm not I'm not a uh, oh my gosh, what's the associate is it, Bilemic, you can read minds. <laughs> ESPN. Uh, but the, the, the study of, of people, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what the... Psychologists, so, but no, yeah, social scientists. Sociology. Sociology. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Whatever. Obviously, I'm not the most... Jonathan Haidt, the guy we talked about last week, he's yeah. one of those. What yeah, you talking about? one of those people. <laughs> one of those things. Uh, but I think humor, especially at a young age, if, if cultivated in an appropriate way, right? I think that that's really important because... As long as it's not something that's a form of like desperation for attention, I think that like people that are like humorous later on, like there's a high level of intelligence to that because you're able to take and extract uh, little tidbits and information from situations and you're able to say, okay, hey, what would be clever and what would be funny? And I think parents so often were like, oh, stop that. So, you know, that's inappropriate. Don't do that. Don't do that. We always, I feel like we always crush humor mm. because, you know, a lot of times it's making fun of somebody, but like, I think if it's done in an appropriate way with kids, I think we need to cultivate that more. Like my, my young, my youngest boy, Rocco, the kid is hilarious, like literally hilarious. There's times that he's a clown and like, he just kind of takes it to the next level. Um, and it's like, okay, now we got to simmer down. But it's one of those things I think as parents, um, Humor, because here's the thing, is when you have the ability to look at a situation and find the humor in it, a lot of times that can get you over some of the really tough times. Mm -hmm. Like, think about it, right? If, if you're in a work situation and it, something's really hard and it sucks and it's like all you're finding is a negativity, but then if you have the ability to say, 
it's actually pretty funny, you know, yeah. that dude did this. Like humor can lighten a situation and uh, lift spirits mm-hmm. and allow you to continue to press forward. Yeah. Like think of like a super hard workout. Like if you're just down all the time and you're, you can like laugh it off. That's why I like working out with people I love is because you can bring humor into mm-hmm. it. It allows you to continue through something that may otherwise be really just daunting or just right. unbearable. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Cause you don't think of humor and resiliency going together, No, but they do. Yeah. Just like you said. So that's number one, social competence. Number two, problem solving skills. Incorporate the ability to think abstractly, giving children the ability to generate alternate solutions for cognitive and social problems. Planning and resourcefulness in seeking help from others are two important problem-solving skills. And I think this is something that we do less and less of uh, as parents these days because uh, kids are outside less. I think of what, what I would do as a kid from like five on was weekends, it's I'd eat breakfast, I'd do my chores, and I'd be out all day long. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we would build forts, we would build rope swings, we would hike up the creek, we would, we used to do war, so we'd like build like arsenals of like sharp sticks, and, and <laughs> I don't encourage that, but I got in a lot of trouble. No encourage that. Um, but, but what we do is we would figure out, okay, like even just thinking like simple stuff, all right, what tree can I tie this rope on? How am I going to get up there? How am I going to work with my buddy to get the rope up and over? How are we going to tie this? And then how are we not going to kill ourselves? Mm-hmm. Like those are things that like just letting kids be outside and by themselves without adult supervision, that those lead to some of these skills that you're talking about with problem solving, because it's like, all right, these are situations that I can't just call my parents to have them do for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I've got to figure out how to do this. Yeah. How do I climb this tree? How do I get down from this tree? Yeah. I mean, so there's all sorts of stuff. And, and one of the things like uh, we got my son, uh, a little ATV, a little four wheeler, and we, we got him a little cheap Chinese one at first Partly because I want him to figure out how this thing operates. And if there's an issue, I want him to be able to solve it. Mm. If the chain falls off, all right, how do you get the chain back on? Uh, if, if you flood the engine because you tried to start it for too long, how do you get the gas out of the carburetor? How, I mean, all these different situations that he has to solve himself without me being able to be there. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I said, listen, like I'm going to help you and I'm going to teach you some of these things, but... I want you to be able to do these yourselves. It's the same thing with, with like your teenage girls when they start driving. I would hope that dads want their daughters to know how to change a tire if they get into a situation. Because if they're in a jam and you can't get there fast enough, mm-hmm. they need to be able to solve that problem. Right. No, absolutely. And it's like we talked about last week, how we course correct. Yeah. You know, last week's conversation about America and why it's been stupid. Yeah. This is part of the issue. Yeah. Is... Instead of being out in the fort with your friends trying to figure out problems, now we've got an iPad to keep us entertained or video games to keep us entertained. You're not solving problems when you're sitting there on the iPad, but you are when you're out playing with your friends and you're on the fort. That's right. So number three attributes of a resilient child, critical consciousness, involves having an insightful awareness of structures of cruelty. For example, be it from an alcoholic parent and generating strategies and overcoming them. So a resilient child is able to take that negative situation and strategize how to overcome that. 
Now, parents, not encouraging to abandon your kids, but you see this a lot um, with children that are subject to either abuse or neglect is they have to figure things out, right? And they have to understand, okay, hey, how do I make this scenario? You know, you see this like Darren, for example. Darren is like a prime prime example of this. Is his mom worked so much that he would have to figure out, okay, hey, how am I gonna? What am I gonna have for breakfast? How am I gonna gonna get home? How am I gonna get get to sports? How am I gonna do my homework? How am I gonna do these things? Because his mom was working so hard to support her children that she wasn't always there. She wouldn't get home until midnight some nights, right? right? And so, and and again. This is not a good parenting technique, so please don't do this. But you do see that from those kids, and they become very, very resilient and very self-reliant and very resourceful. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would imagine if she had the choice, she wouldn't choose to do that again. But to your point, Darren had these traits that we're talking about. Yeah that he was able to direct that situation into positivity That's and right. become very resilient because of it. Yeah. And he's never needed for anything because of that resilience he built his entire life. Yeah, you just think of like just nature. Um, humans are the only species that raise their kids for 18 plus years. Right? Most species, okay, once you are, once you are done feeding directly off of the mother – you are on your own, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're a bear, you're a deer. I'm saying mostly mammals, right? And once they are done feeding, you've got to be able to provide food for yourself, which is hunting mm-hmm. um, or gathering or whatever it is. Um, you've got to be able to survive, so you've got to be able to fight off predators. Humans, we do things for our offspring for an extended amount of time. That's why you, I mean, you hear these stories of these kids that are abandoned at a very young age and they still can survive. We have it in us. Like, Mm -hmm. like it said in the beginning, like we have an innate ability to be resilient, but we just don't allow that resilience to come out because things are just done for us. And I think it goes back to as a parent, you don't want your kids to suffer or struggle. So you're going to protect them as long as you possibly can and keep that on them. It's funny. Tiffany and I have been talking about this quite a bit lately is because of just the lifestyle that our kids are living I worry about this. And one of the things that, that I've been talking with her about doing here in the, in the near future and probably starting with, with my older two, but is doing like an extended camping trip and they're going to hate it. And I know that they're going to hate it uh, because camping typically is, Oh, it's fun. We're going to go camping. But I, I would, I would really love to take them out and be, and, and maybe it's during hunting season where we can actually go, like, provide our food, but, like, actually have them, okay, hey, listen, we're going out there. We're going to bring water, and we're going to bring shelter, but that's it. Mm. We're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to have to figure out how we're gonna to. Hungry, how, we're going to be hungry. Tired. We're going to be tired, cold, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna figure out what it feels like to be in pain mm. and to be without and then push through it and find a solution for it. Yeah, that's a great strategy. I would say in 2022, that's child abuse, but. <laughs> I will be arrested on the other side of this. So no, if actually, you just hear Ben on this podcast, Ben and Darren on this podcast alone, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's where you're at. No, I love that idea. I think that's a, that's a fantastic, because, you know, making your kids do yard work with you is very controlled. Yeah. There's a lot in that element that yeah. you're not going to be able to control. Not only are you not going to be able to control it, you're going to be going through it with them. You're going to be tired. You're going to be hungry. Now, how does my dad react to those yeah. scenarios? That's right. So not only am I forcing my kids to do this, 
now as a parent, I'm having to do it as well. I'm right. down in there with them. Yep. And they're going to have to see me and how I react to this. Yeah. Uh, the fourth um, attribute of a resilient child, autonomy. Is a person having a sense of his own autonomy is a person having a sense of his or her own identity, capability to act independently, and the ability to exert some control mm-hmm. over the environment. Mm-hmm. So exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. In, in, in knowing who they are. Allowing kids to make their own decisions. Live with, we talked about it earlier. Live with the consequences. Uh, because if you just make them for them, when they're on their own and they're in college, that's really scary. I mean, we, we all know those kids that, that their parents did everything for them and they had no clue what to do. Mm-hmm. No clue to make. So what they, what they would then do is they would do what everybody else did or right. they would do what, what uh, you know, influences in their life told them to do because they're just used to people doing everything for them. Athletes mm-hmm. are kind of the same way. It's you're told what to do, how to do it for a long time, and then you're out on your own and you don't know how to make your own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really important for kids to, and I talked about it, not only make their own decision, but fail. And okay, if I do that, then I associate this feeling of pain with that. I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. I mean, no better way, no better way to teach your kid than through the pain of failure. That's right. That's right. And we talk about the sense of identity, knowing who you are. Yeah. That's another big aspect of raising a resilient child right. is hey, you're not a baseball player necessarily. You're not a football player. You're somebody who likes to be a part of a team. You're somebody who likes to work through difficult situations. That's who you are. Yeah. You're a child of God, right? Yeah. That you're my son. Those are, that's, that's your true identity yeah. as opposed to what you're doing. That's right. So building a resilient child is having them focus that true identity as opposed to getting to college and realizing, you know, when sports are over, well, who am I now? Yeah, and, and, and it's back to the decision too. It's... It's if you don't know who you are because everybody's made the decisions for you up to this point in your life, then how do you know who you are to choose? How are you going to choose who you are if you haven't even chosen, you know, how to get to school or how to solve this problem with friends? Like, that's the other thing is like conflict within kids. And we talked about this the other day um, on the, uh, uh, what was the topic we talked about the other day? CTE, bro, it's, it's hitting me hard. But letting kids play unsupervised, oh, yeah, but yeah. then solve their yep. own problems. So if, if kids aren't able to even make some of those decisions because parents will insert themselves and solve the problem for them, then how are they going to choose what type of person they want to be? Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to be able to figure that out on your own through trial and error. Yeah, absolutely. And then number five is resilient kids have a sense of purpose. And this involves having goals, educational aspirations, and a belief in a bright future. Yeah. So a resilient child knows there's something more for me. It's not just all, this isn't all hopeless, no matter the situation, no matter where I find myself, they know that there's a purpose for it, or they have a purpose for going through that. There's hope on the other side, as opposed to, this is a dead end, this sucks, this is not the right situation for me. Yeah, and the purpose, it's, we had Akash Singh on a couple of weeks back, and a comedian, and he comes from a culture that it's, hey, you're going to be this or this. Like, it's decided for you. You're going to marry this person, and you're going to be this profession. Like, it's decided for you. Um, which the, the Indian culture has, is highly successful in many ways. Uh, but one thing that Akash talked about was, 
again, a sense of purpose. When you're able to identify yourself, you're able to think for yourself and figure out what is my purpose, as opposed to, hey, I've got to do this because my parents said I got to do it. Then if your sense of purpose is, is independently created, right? Your motivation to continue pursuing that and following that purpose is going to be much stronger. That's right. And that's what he did, right? He went to, pre, he went to school to be a doctor. He's like, nah, this isn't like, this isn't, doesn't align with who I want. Cause I'm now thinking for myself and I'm going to choose something that, that I feel like I was created to do. And that is that sense of purpose that is continued. So as a parent, how do you cultivate this early on is okay. Let your kid figure out, like if your kid loves doing Legos and building that, okay, hey, look, maybe give him some exposure to some engineering or some design or some mm -hmm. creative thinking things, but don't force it on him. Right. Like give him the resources to explore it himself. Let him feel like it's his idea because then that's a confidence to say, okay, hey, I made that decision and I'm moving in that direction because I wanted to, not because my parents wanted to. Right. So I think as parents, like a lot of times we have to be we have to be those, those silent encouragers that like they, the kids don't need to know that it was our idea. That's right. It's got to feel like it's their idea. And that's one of the things I don't want to say it's manipulating, but that's, that's one of the things we do as parents is we need to manipulate our kids into thinking for themselves. That's right. Even though we're encouraging, we're laying out the roadmap for them. We also need to say, okay, Hey, what is just because I want them to do this doesn't mean they need to do that. It's okay. Hey, what are they passionate about? What, what, what aligns between passion and skill set? Yeah. And then, you know, gifts. And we've talked about this on previous episodes. Okay. Now, how do I just give them the opportunity or lay out the opportunity or guide them to pursue those things? But it's their idea. Yeah. And, and celebrate that it was their idea, not that it was your idea because you put them in that activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So again, you know, 70 years, 70 plus years of research. The characteristics of a resilient child, number one, social competence, number two, problem-solving skills, three, critical consciousness, four, autonomy, five, a sense of purpose. And like we said at the beginning, this is, this is going to be something that, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it, probably. There's no, or maybe better way to say it, there's no one way to do one it. One way to do it, yeah, yeah. There's a million ways to skin the cat here, but... This is definitely something on the top of my mind is how can I build, how can I build, how can I allow my children to build a sense of yeah. resilience when thankfully their life circumstances, you know, again, unless something goes off the rails that I didn't foresee, mm -hmm. their life circumstances may not teach them. So yeah. how do we build that resilience in other ways? Yeah. And I think it's, it's a balance between creating tough situations but not crushing their spirit. That's right. Like, and that's, that's the delicate. Yeah. That's also. another thing. Yeah. Is, is what's too much. Yeah. <clears throat> what is too much to overcome? Yeah. Cause you know, you can sit there and say, yeah, you can, you know, yeah. they say I can't, yeah. but maybe they literally can't. Yeah. So knowing that difference of that's what's right. too much yeah. and what's the appropriate amount of resistance. And, and you got to know each of your kid, like my son, Luca, he very, very quick, quickly goes to like self deprecation. And it's like, I'm not good enough. I'm this, I'm that. Like it's no, you bud, you can't. So each kid is different where like my daughter perfectionist, like if she doesn't finish it, like it wrecks her. Whereas my son won't even attempt it cause he doesn't think that he can. So you've got to, you've got to handle each kid differently um, and know them and, and spend time getting to know them and know their personality and how they operate 
and, and really like be a supplement. Don't go in and do it. Be a supplement for them so that they can continue to progress. God, parenting's hard, isn't it? It is, dude. Not only do you have to freaking keep them alive, but now you got to balance. <laughs> this one thinks this way. This, one, this yeah. other one thinks another completely the other way. Dude, I know. You have to have very much a customized yes. approach. Not, not the one-size-fits-all parenting no. approach. If no. you truly want right. to get the best out of this. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully that was helpful, you guys. Hopefully it gave you something to think about. We certainly don't have all the answers, but that's what this podcast is about. It's discovering together, figuring these things out, researching, getting curious. Why do we do the things that we do? How do we build our children up? How do we build ourselves up? Yep. How do we ultimately turn this thing around to get back into a positive direction not only with ourselves, but our communities and those around us. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please help us by sharing these episodes. The best thing you can do for us is text it to a buddy, post it on your Instagram, wherever. Get the word out. That's what we love to do. That's why we do this is for you guys and for each other. Um, but we appreciate you guys. We hope you have a great rest of the week, and we will catch you next week.